Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. But first, in keeping with our December series, Christmas Classics, here's a clip from the movie Elf that Pastor Matt will be preaching on. You got, uh... I'm in love! I'm in love! And I don't care who knows it! Buddy, uh, not now, uh... Can you please go back to the uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh. Boy, you're you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't. Uh, get get back to the story, please. Uh, <clears throat> so on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Buddy, go back to the base pay. I've got houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. Look at you! I wasn't ready for that. Call me Elf one more time. Call me Elf. You're an Elf. Miles, he, he thinks he's an Elf. Listen, Miles. Listen, Miles. He must be a South Pole Elf. You get out of here. Where do you want me to go? I don't care where you go. I don't care that you're an elf. I don't care that you're nuts. I don't care that you're my son. Get out of my life, now! Well, good morning, church. We are beginning our series entitled Christmas Classics, and you've just seen a scene that I believe can be very moving, but I believe it's a real reality when we talk about the rejection from a son by his father. And so we're going to look at that dynamic today, and as we uh, uh, begin this series, it's my intent to really uh, help you to understand that sometimes in the culture we live in, There's movies that have a message and there's a redemptive element that sometimes we can fail to discern or see. But I believe there's a message that we can learn and hear from this classic. And the movie Elf was produced in the year 2003 and it quickly became popular and has now become one of the classic films that is widely watched uh, this time of the year. In fact, uh, the airways, the... uh, Cable networks are inundated with all kinds of Christmas classics. And uh, on the popular end of things, uh, Elf is actually ranked number two in the top 25 in the most popular. Now, out of the most hundred, of the most hundred uh, Christmas classics across the board, uh, it ranks number 14. And uh, It's a Wonderful Life, I believe, is the, the first one 
on, on that particular um, thing. Okay, so now one of the things about this clip, it, it's important to understand there's humor here, but there's also a very serious part because you see a rejection of a son from his father, and that's not so funny. Now, the video also picks, out, picks up in the point of the story where Buddy the Elf is verbally rejected by his father. And see, if that's ever happened to you, that's a great issue. That can cause great damage to you emotionally as far as your uh, well-being is concerned. Now, it's understand that he was already suffering rejection after discovering he was an orphan. He grew up never really knowing his true father. And the story, although a myth or a fable, has a powerful message to convey. And we understand that the fable is a, a short tale that teaches a moral lesson. And I believe there's a moral lesson that can be learned from this. And so uh, I think it might be appropriate to have some elf humor to go along with this message, if that's okay. So the question we ask is, who is the most famous singing elf? Elphus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I thought. What kind of bread do elves make sandwiches with? Shortbread. I heard somebody said it. Yeah, shortbread, of course. And what kind of music do elves like the best? Rap music. Yeah. And here's a good question. If athletes get athlete's foot, what do elves get? Mistletoes. Okay. <laughs> and then the last and the final one. What's the first thing elves learn in school? The alphabet. Oh, you, guys, you guys are so smart. All right. Well, now it's time to get serious here, folks, okay? It, it really is. So... We want to start, I want to direct you to a scripture, a very important verse that I believe is very relevant for the age that we live in. It's found in Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And as we look at this, we understand this is the closing of the last, old, or the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament. And actually, there is a period after the conclusion of the book of Malachi of 400 years. It's known as the 400 silent years. And it was a time that preceded the coming of John the Baptist, who foretold and was a forerunner for our Messiah, Jesus Christ. And in these closing verses of the Old Testament, we see a very profound and powerful statement that I believe identifies the issues that society is facing even now in these last days. Malachi 4 verse 5 says, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Let's join our faith together as we pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity to talk, Father, about the reality of, of what we face in this life when it comes to belonging, when it comes to suffering rejection, when it comes to relationships. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would minister to this congregation and that you'd reveal yourself in a supernatural way in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the subtitle of this message, Alpha, is called Belonging. And I really want to explore that concept of what it means to belong and what it means to be part of something, to belong to a family, to belong to uh, uh, an organization. That whole sense of belonging, I believe, is significant for each of us as, as individuals. Now, it's important to understand that the God we serve is a father to the fatherless. So even if you don't have a father figure in your life, God becomes a father to us. He becomes a father to you. In fact, he's raising up, I believe, spiritual fathers that can be used of God to fill the gaps and the voids that have, have been left empty because a natural father wasn't there. And, and we, we see there's, there's so many people that struggle in life because they didn't have a good father figure in their life. Or, and, and no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm sure if you t interview my children, you'll find out that I've missed it at times with them. Sometimes in the busyness of ministry, where we were putting priorities on ministering to other people, my children have been neglected. And that's not something I've ever wanted, but sometimes there can be those challenges that we walk through and we face. But we've talked about that and we walk through that and we compensate for those times if, you know, we, we are aware of, of them. So um, now Psalm 68, 5 actually says that that's the verse. It says that God is the father to the fatherless and the protector of widows. So he's there for you. Even if you have no one in the natural to be there, he will be there for you. And I believe that in this hour, God is raising up spiritual fathers. Now, about this message, just to talk a little bit, this message is about overcoming rejection and finding a place of belonging. So you may have dealt with some rejection in your life at some point, and you may be suffering from the effects of that rejection even right now. And many times, it's because of that rejection, you have this sense where you really don't fit in, you really don't belong. Because without a sense of belonging you will always struggle with rejection. And rejection is one of those things that when you are suffering by a spirit of rejection, what happens is you tend to reject others before they reject you because you don't want to be hurt again. Because rejection causes hurt and pain in a person's life. And sometimes that pain is difficult to deal with. So they will never let somebody get close to them because they don't want to suffer rejection again. And so... As I share some things this morning, I trust that the Spirit of God will bring to light maybe some issues in your life because he wants you to be free from a spirit of rejection. He wants you to be free and to have that sense of belonging and connectedness to his body and to each other. Now, where do we fit in this life and how do we find that place? That's a question we often ask. And, and I don't presume to give you all the answers today. In fact, I may have more questions that I put out there for you than answers that I give you. But at least it begins to get you to begin to think about some of these questions. Because a good question can provoke you to think through some things that you may have been ignoring and not really addressing in your life. And so uh, if you feel like a misfit in life, you may question where you belong. And there's something about this movie 
elf that intrigued me. Uh, here we see a man in search of his father and a desire to have a relationship with him. And so there's parallels that we can see that we're going to talk about today. Now, even though Buddy was estranged from his father, no obstacle was too great for him to connect with him and to find him and to search him out. So let's uh, just review for a moment this narrative. Let's review the narrative. Buddy was an orphan child who his father had never met. In fact, his father didn't even know he was born. He didn't know that the woman he got pregnant gave birth to him. He was adopted by an elf couple who raised him. And, you know, he never fit in. He never belonged in the elf's world. He was big. He was awkward. He didn't produce enough when it came to making toys, and that was his assignment. And then he began, one day he realized he was human, which led to his search for his father. And so there's parallels that we can see here spiritually. And so there's, there's actually three things that I want to address in light of today's message. The first is search. The second is rejection. And the third is acceptance. Or we could say belonging. So we want to talk about the search. We want to talk about rejection. We want to talk about acceptance and belonging. We'll start with the search. See, we've all been estranged from the family of God. We've all been estranged from the family of God. And people are searching. I have to tell you, as a young man, in fact, in my teenage years, I began to search and, and seek out because I was sitting in church and I was in a denominational church and there was a lot of formality, there was a lot of rules, there was a lot of regulations, and yet it seemed like something was amiss, something was missing. And there was a hunger in me that wanted more and wanted the reality of, of God. I wanted to really know the God of this universe and not just about him and formality and ritual, but I really want to know him. And so in my search, I began, you know, just looking at other things maybe that I hadn't been exposed to, like opening up the Bible because, you know, at, in our fan, at home in our, in our living room, there was a Bible that sat on an end table and that's where it sat. And it sat there maybe as a, as a piece of decoration. It was decorative. And the only thing it was used for was to press uh, flowers and to hold birth certificates. And, and one day I just picked up that Bible. It was what a thick Bible. It was heavy. You know, you could beat up somebody with it if you wanted to. And, and I began to just open it up and I, I, I started reading it. And, and I have to tell this... Um, my brother David, I think he's back in children's ministry this morning, serving back there. But this piece of paper fell out. And it fell on the floor. I picked it up, and I noticed it was my younger brother's birth certificate. And I, I, I read the date of the birth certificate, and it said July 28th. And I thought for a moment, wow, we've been celebrating his birthday on the 29th all these years. And so I, I went to my mom and I says, Mom, did you know we're celebrating David's birthday on the wrong day? And he says, no, it's the 29th. I says, no, the birth certificate says the 28th. She said, let me see that. She takes a look at it, and this shock look was on her face. 
Well, then we had to break it to David, you know. But he was, he was pretty young. I see he's probably uh, eight or nine years old at the time. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one of those things. So, so people are searching. You know, they say that Gandhi, the leader of the Indian independence movement, in his search and his quest to know the truth, he visited a Christian church and was met with rejection. And walked away from that place. And you know what? I think if he would have met Jesus and gave his heart to Jesus, even though he was a great man, can, can you imagine how great he would have been as a Christ follower? And, and so people are searching. People around you are searching. And maybe you may be the answer to their search to lead them and to direct them to Christ. And so you need to consider that. You need to think about that. People are searching for answers. The Bible says to seek and we shall find. In the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 10, the scripture reads, For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to one who knocks it shall be opened. So we see even Jesus declaring, If you seek me, you will find me. See, there's an effort involved in seeking there's due diligence. There's, there's something that you have to put out so that you can begin to seek or you will never find. The second thing we want to talk about is rejection. And when we think about rejection, there's actually a scripture I'm going to share with you we see in Luke 17.25. Luke 17.25, it says, but this is speaking of Jesus. It's actually speaking of himself. He's speaking of Messiah. And he says, but he first must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. See, Jesus went into it knowing that he was going to face rejection. Sometimes we can go into a situation knowing we're going to be facing rejection. But Jesus faced rejection for you and me. He bore the pain and the weight of, of rejection from lost humanity, from a religious culture and society of his day. And, and in fact... He was rejected, so he knows what rejection is like. He's experienced it, so he knows the pain. And he's been rejected so that we no longer have to be when we find right relationship with him. Now, to address belonging, we have to address rejection. Rejection is the enemy of belonging. Now, studies actually show that kids who endured rejection or even perceived rejection from a father are more susceptible to behavioral issues. Substance abuse problems and unhappy personal traits seem to be prevalent in children as they grow into adulthood that were rejected by their father. Now, children can take their father's rejection harder. It affects their confidence. Now, I have to share a little bit about my personal journey. Because there was a time, and, you know, as I share this, I, I, I know that uh, my parents are in a totally different place now, and they walk with God, they're serving Jesus. But there was a time my mom was very upset with my father, and I don't know why, but she made this statement that basically tore my heart apart. She was kind of making some, you know, just kind of, you know, making some statements Oh, your father's this, your father's that. And then she walks up to me and she says, Did you know that when you were a child and you were sick, 
And we had all these medical bills that your father had said, I wish he would have never been born or died. He said something to that effect. I don't know the exact words, but he said something to the effect. She said something to the effect that crushed my heart. And in that moment, I thought, wow, my dad doesn't love me. He doesn't care for me. Now, that was perceived rejection because that never came directly from my dad. It came from something my mom said about my dad or what he said. And so that even that perceived rejection crushed my heart to the point where after that, it's like I tried to do everything I could to please him. Now, sometimes, and, and I think in my case, it worked for the better because in my attempt to please my father, that's really con- converted over to my attempt to please my Heavenly Father because it's my desire to please my Heavenly Father. It's my desire to hear the words of Jesus when I stand before him. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to please him in every way. And so that became my quest. I have to do what I can. And so I went through a period of time where I would compare myself with my brother because I believe my older brother was the favorite son. He got all the attention. He got all the accolades and all the you know, things, like preferences, the favoritism that I never got. And so, you know, I could have been jealous over that, and maybe there was a little bit of jealousy, but I really wanted to win my dad's trust and his favor and his heart. And really that occurred when I, uh, uh, there was a, a year that I had an opportunity to work with my dad. We were constructing a new barn because we were raised in a dairy farm, and I worked by his side uh, throughout the summer, and God had just given me some wisdom and insight of how to do things. And my dad would give me a task and I'd do it. And he would say, wow, that's impressive. And he began to, to recognize the gift that was in me and began to build me up. And we, we really began to have a healthy relationship. But before that, there was just like this wall, this barrier But that had come down. And, and so I thank God for that summer that I was able to work by his side and build that trust. And, and you know, my dad is 92 years old. He's in an assisted living home. I, I just was with him yesterday afternoon. And, 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 you know, he's such a sweet man. He's having some challenges and issues with his memory. But I look at that man and I have such a love for him. You know, even though I might think, well, if he said that, well, he did, I never, I never addressed it. But it doesn't matter because the relationship has been healed and restored. And, and now... It's important to understand that uh, there's a huge uh, contrast to being accepted or rejected. The Heavenly Father has not rejected you, even though you may have rejected Him. We see the story of the prodigal, the prodigal son, where the loving Father extended mercy to his, father, to his son when he went off and did his own thing, rejecting him. But he was there to accept him back when he returned home. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, we see the scripture clearly reveals God's acceptance of you and us, you and me. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, 
by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So notice in verse 6 it says, he's made us accepted in the beloved. Out of his love, out of his compassion, out of his goodness, he's accepted us, he's embraced us in spite of our faults, in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our sin. In his, in his acceptance, he's forgiven us. He's cleansed us. He's made us his son, his daughter. The third thing we want to talk about is acceptance and belonging. And this actually, scripture actually leads into that. The three big questions in life, or I could say the three big questions of belonging are the who, the what, and the where. The who, the what, and the where. Belonging always involves a person, a people, and a place. It always involves a person, a people, and a place. Uh, who are you connected to? Who should you be connected to? Who is the person or the people and the place you are connected to? That's a question you need to understand because it's important to be connected somewhere. Now, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. So you don't want to be connected with the wrong people in the wrong place because that will get you in trouble. But we see in Romans chapter 1, verse 6, because there's an appointment for your life. There's an appointment for my life that we need to understand. Romans 1.6 says, You also are among those Gentiles who are appointed to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm reading from the New, American, New International Reader's Version. And it's important to understand that Jesus is the person you need to be connected to. As you sit here this morning, now that may be something, oh yeah, I knew that. But you need to really understand it. Jesus Christ is the person you need to be connected to. And we see that this is, by the biblical definition, is an appointment for you and me. Now, often, our sense of belonging is expressed by a sense of where home is to us, or we could say family. See, at Refuge, we want this to be a family, a place where people belong. You know, this time of year, we go and we be, we're with our family. People are traveling great distances to be with their family. They return home. They're with grandparents, they're with parents, they're, you know, with relatives, because family, there's a dynamic there that provides a sense of security, a place of safety, and it should be no different for the church. We're a family as a church. Now, Romans chapter 16, verse 10, we see the Bible even addressing that in the greeting or the salutations of, of the Apostle Paul towards the end of the book. Romans 16.10, he says, Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. So there we see, notice it says, Greet those who belong to the family. We belong to the family, right? We belong to a family. So what is the sense of belonging? Belonging means acceptance as a member or to be a part. A sense of belonging is a human need. Just like the need for food or shelter, you need to belong. Now, feeling that you belong is important 
and seeing value in life, in life itself, and being able to deal with life's challenges. Knowing that I belong and I'm not facing challenges alone means a lot. See, what we belong to now is more important to what we belong to in the past when you consider your life encounter with Jesus. See, Jesus wants to bring us into a whole new realm of belonging because the family of God is an incredible family to be part of. At this time, we're going to play the, another clip of this movie. So just take a moment and watch this. I need to tell you something. I think there's something I have to tell you right now. Um, I didn't mean anything I said back there, not, not a word. I know you may be a little um, um, uh, chemically imbalanced, but you've been right about a lot of things. I, I don't want you to leave. You're my son, and I, I love you. How many of you love movies that end well? Yeah. Uh, that's certainly one that end well. End. Is that the way to say it? Ended well. <laughs> so in his search for his father, he faced rejection. The first clip showed his rejection. This clip showed his restoration and acceptance to a family. See, God created family for a place to belong. But he didn't just find his dad. It's interesting. He found a family, and he also found a purpose. See, he found that he had a, a brother, Michael, a stepmom, and a new friend named Jovi. And uh, I have to say that um, when we met Tracy, she reminded me of Jovi, you know, so that was <laughs> kind of out there. <laughs> <laughs> but Tracy, who's married to our son, Nathan, she has this elf outfit, and Nathan has one too. I thought they were going to wear it today for the service, but they decided against it for whatever reason. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Too obvious, right? Um, realize that we will never find our place of belonging until we find acceptance. See, why do teenage boys join a gang? It's because they want to find acceptance. They want to belong. See, we need to find acceptance among the right people, not the wrong people. And so as we close this service, I want to share another verse because, you know, you may be here and you need to find acceptance because maybe you face rejection. And that rejection has affected your life in, in a devastating way. But I believe Jesus is here to heal and to restore you from that rejection. See, rejection doesn't have to plague our lives for the rest of our lives. Rejection can be dealt with and removed from our emotional well-being so that it doesn't have to affect us anymore. See, there's a cost to belonging. And in Galatians 5.24, it makes this statement. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We need to understand that belonging to Christ will transform you. 
trans when, and when we understand the work of transformation, we realize Jesus is doing a work in us. And the cost is to be willing to let him take those things out of your life that are hurting you, that are causing damage, that are causing heartache, that are causing pain. He wants to remove those things and, and replace them with his peace, with his joy, with his love, and with all that he offers. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, we see a passage that I believe is important for us to understand as we close this message. Romans chapter 1, verse 5 says, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of the faith for the sake of his name among all the nations including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Earlier we saw a verse that says we're appointed to belong to Jesus. Here we see a verse that says we're called to be belong to Jesus Christ. And we understand the Apostle Paul knew his mission as a minister of the gospel was to bring this message to lost humanity that we truly belong to Jesus that's our calling but we have to answer that call and we need to find our place of belonging in him if you would stand together with me and I especially want to pray for those that may be suffering from rejection and you know something for some of us, it may be difficult even to admit it. But yet, we need to admit it, at least to ourselves. We need to acknowledge it before God that we've become a victim of rejection. Because once we recognize the issue, then you can begin to receive the answer, the solution that Jesus Christ only can bring. He alone can heal somebody from the rejection and the hurt and the pain of it. He's the only one that can truly restore and make someone whole inside so they don't have to carry that the rest of their lives, so they don't have to bear that pain anymore. I want you to bow your heads this morning. And as we prepare to pray, there's two things I want to do. First of all, give an invitation to those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. An invitation to accept Him as the Lord of your life, to receive His forgiveness, to receive His mercy, to receive the healing that you need so that you can become a whole person, so that you can function, so that you can find acceptance and belonging and become productive and a blessing in society. And the second thing I want to pray for is for those that have suffered because of rejection in some form in your life and ask that God begin the healing process, the restoration process in you. And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know that my life is right with God, but today I want to surrender to Him. I want to give my heart to Him. I want to be right with Him. I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. 
and make peace with him today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. And we're going to pray a prayer together. We're going to share together the prayer so that you can receive Jesus. All right. Thank you for raising those hands. Let's pray this prayer together. If you would, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus who accepts me just as I am. I open my heart to you, Jesus, and I invite you in. I believe you died for my sins, and I believe you rose from the dead to give me new life. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I receive you now. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, now, if you prayed it before, yes, you're already in a relationship with Jesus. But if you did that for the first time, a little bit later, we're going to have the prayer team up here. We're going to invite you to come and, and, and meet with them. We have some information we want to give you. But we want to join with you and celebrate the victory of you finding Jesus. Or we could say Jesus finding you. The second prayer we want to pray this morning is for those that have suffered from rejection. And again, if every head would be bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. I believe this is between you and God. You say, Pastor... I'm dealing with rejection right now. And I know it hurts. And it hurts so bad that sometimes I act in ways that I know I shouldn't. I know that rejection is running its course in my life, and I don't like it. And I want to be free from it. I don't want it to torment me any longer. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. There's hands all over. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And I pray against the spirit of rejection over these people. Father, I thank you that you have accepted them. And they have a place of belonging in you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Now repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I command every spirit of rejection to leave me. In the name of Jesus, I forgive and I release every offense that has caused rejection in my life. In the name of Jesus. Now, if there's a person that you've suffered rejection from, forgive that person right now in your heart. Just lift that person up in your own heart. Mention them by, my, by name in your heart. In Jesus' name. Father, we forgive, whether it's a father, whether it's a mother, whether it's a brother or sister, whether it's a relative, whether it's a, a, just a friend that, that rejected us. Father, we release forgiveness towards them, and we receive our healing. We receive our deliverance. We receive the victory that only you can give. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.